Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get going talking some uh, some Notre Dame football. Um, the news about 20 minutes ago, before we started recording here, um, is uh, Richard Young, five-star class of 2023 running back, tweeted out that he is officially visiting Notre Dame uh, the week of June 13th. So he's got a midweek visit scheduled. So I think that one. Is pretty interesting. Tim, did you see that news? Are you familiar with Richard Young at all? Yeah, I saw it. Um, <laughs> I guess I was more stunned. Uh, disbelief. So we'll, uh, especially when he has a final seven Twitter uh, picture out there and there's no Notre Dame. So that's uh, quite interesting. But uh, no, he's, he's a stud. There's no doubt about it. He would... Uh, he would definitely show up to South Bend and instantly get carries because there's no one like him on the campus. But uh, uh, that would be uh, that would be the big fish out there. I, w- I would say if he uh, if 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 he uh, if it all comes to tr- uh, fruition out there, right? It's that's a biggie. I was stunned. I was like, what? Yeah, um, I mean, I had heard behind the scenes that Notre Dame was recruiting him still, and you know, it was it was kind of off the radar. Um, Delane McCullough, Notre Dame's running backs coach even went to his high school. Um, but you know, it was kind of up in the air, whether he was going to take this official visit and, uh, obviously looks like it's going to happen here. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned, pretty big news, uh, number one running back prospect in the 2023 class, according to the on three consensus ranking. So, I mean, boy, uh, we've talked about Tim. It's like Notre Dame, the kind of the big three positions that you know the Fighting Irish have to improve at to take the you know to go from a playoff team to a playoff winning team is quarterback, cornerback, and um, and wide receiver. Running back has kind of been one of those. It's like it's it's been pretty good, but not elite. Uh, I, I would say that Richard Young um, from uh, the Southwest Florida area, he would be, he would definitely be in that mold. I mean, the on three recruiting prediction machine uh, has Notre Dame, or excuse me, um, has Alabama as the leader in that recruitment. I mean, he's, he's a big boy SEC type running back. I mean, it would be, I mean, if he were to join the Notre Dame recruiting class, Tim, he would be the best <laughs> running back get on paper since who? Uh, since a long time ago. <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing as I'm reading this because it's just like, exactly. He's I'm laughing in a good way because oh, he's he's unbelievable. When you look at the on three and it's Alabama and he's an Alabama guy. Like you said, he's an SEC guy. He is the, no, he's premier. I mean, obviously on paper, it'd be Greg Bryant, 
obviously who passed away. And then you're going down, you know, to what, Armando Allen, you know, be, during the Weiss years, they had him and James Aldridge, but James was hurt. Then you got to go back even farther uh, to, yeah, I mean, Tyrone Willingham was just, you know, I'm sure Todd remembers this and could talk about this as well if he's on. Like, they were an inch away from getting, you know, a couple great running backs, you know, Booker, who went to Florida State, and obviously uh, Reggie Bush, who they had so close to getting, but that didn't happen. But uh, no, this would be unbelievable, unbelievable pickup for Marcus Freeman if if this happens. And I, I know you posted real quick on the message board about he's looking at it's a business decision. And I think that was a great post you put on the message board talking about that. That's how he's looking at this. So huge news that just broke from you. Yeah, definitely big news. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that at bloomgold.com. Certainly we'll um, have more coverage of it. Article Lucky Charms tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll detail that uh, at blueandgold.com. Dollar for one year of premium access, all the recruiting scoop, uh, weekly staff chats, um, you, know, uh, you know, access to our several staff members all day, every day of the week. Awesome stuff. So make sure to uh, go to blueandgold.com, sign up one buck uh, for a year. And uh, we had another guest, it seemed like, in the background there, um, Tim's daughter. Yeah? Tim? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, I had Lila <laughs> back here. She's She actually got excited because I just opened up Twitter and she saw the picture of uh, Notre Dame just posted, if you haven't seen yet, the big news of they're going to play Ohio State in the primetime game. So that's awesome. Did I miss that? It Let's just posted. See. Yeah, go look at that picture. So, I, you know, now that spring ball's done, I know recruiting's excited, but me as a longtime football coach, I am, I mean, I literally am counting down for that game. I, I can't wait. It is going to be a barn burner. So, Tim, here is the major ABC matchups Georgia, Oregon, 330 Eastern, Notre Dame, Ohio State, 730 Eastern, uh, Florida State, LSU, 730 Eastern, um, Wisconsin, Ohio. Oh, th- those. So that's September 3rd, uh, or the Georgia, Oregon, and the Notre Dame, Ohio State games. The September 4th, the next day, is the Florida State, LSU. Um, so that's your uh, that's your opening weekend. That's a pretty good slate right there. So ideal scenario for Notre Dame fans is the Buckeyes, or, you know, the Buckeyes fall at home to the Irish, and then uh, Seminoles whoop up on uh, up on uh, old Brian Kelly and. Uh, that would be uh, certainly what Notre Dame fans would would want to see. So, um, yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in uh, live with us on our Twitter space here. Um, this is our third week doing this, and um, you know we've had um, some issues getting this up on podcast, but I believe I've um, figured that out. So, uh, if you're listening via podcast, and obviously, obviously this is working. Um, so, um, we have a, a few football discussions. Uh, points of discussion which we will get into here with Todd pull up my notes um, so Todd you sent me um, this Phil Steele um, projected AP preseason top 10 um, which was and I'll read it he's got a 96 um, percent accuracy on this which is which is insane here's his top 10 Alabama Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, A&M, 
Notre Dame there at six, Michigan's at seven, and then Utah, Oklahoma, and Oregon. So, Tim, I know this is something you wanted to talk about. What was your reaction to, to seeing this top ten? Well, it's pretty, it pretty typical, obviously, with, with the high ups there. Um, Clemson. I know a lot of people are, you know, down on Clemson, thinking Dabo's lost it. You know I love Dabo. Their defense is going to be freakish next year. So, But Notre Dame at six. So you look at this, okay, is this a preseason or is this what he's predicting for the end of this year, which obviously a preseason poll usually entails how the season will go. So when I see that at number six, Phil Steele is looking at Notre Dame to go 11 and one. That was my first thought when I saw it. So 11 and one, because Notre Dame at 10 and two with two losses, they're going to bump them out of the top 10 more than likely. Just that's what the voters like to do. So that was my first take in looking at that. So when you look at 11 and one, that's pretty, pretty high up there for a, a preseason ranking for Notre Dame, new coach, new quarterback. That's uh, I know we would all take it in a heartbeat. So that was uh, quite interesting, especially like, you know, you mentioned real quick about the, his, yeah, his predictions have been on par like crazy over the years. So yeah, I don't know if he's a math major and doing a bunch of stats or whatever, but if, if they finish number six, I think we would all take it today. So when you see the preseason AP top 10, you're thinking of, because uh, you mentioned the one loss. So you see that and you think, well, this is what Notre Dame would finish at, a, a one-loss team at no- number six. Can you explain that to me? I'm not sure exactly what you meant by that. Well, that, I mean, I know it's a preseason poll, but when you do a preseason poll, are you, pre- you know, are you predicting how the season goes or just, okay, this is how everyone is on September 1st? But I think pollsters, at least, you know, when I get to preseason magazines and you see all these, it's kind of a you know prediction on how the year should go, correct? Because all these guys are, you know, want to make a name for themselves as Phil Steele does. So if he's putting Notre Dame in the top six, he's thinking they're going to finish number six on that final ranking. So that's that's how I look at it, especially when his polls come out because they've been so accurate over the years. The AP, I think the Associated Press has only gotten like two or three number ones correctly over the last 25, 30 years. You know, someone could go research that, but uh, it's not, not, you know, it's almost like the kiss of death if you get preseason number one. So that, uh, so, but with Phil Steele, that's the way I kind of look at it. And then, uh, yeah, who, who, who did get Alabama? So we'll see if Alabama has the, uh, <laughs> the preseason um, kiss of death. So number six, um, I mean, I feel like that's on the high end, Tim, of where Notre Dame is being projected. And I think I've seen some are closer to, you know, 13, 14 or 15. And like number six is uh pretty, pretty generous for Notre Dame. Oh, extremely generous. So that that's going like, so he must assume they're going to be really good. You know, he's got faith in the quarterback spot, which we'll talk about. He's got faith in Marcus Freeman being a first year head coach who, you know, the only time he's ever taken the sidelines is Fiesta Bowl. And, you know, we can't really count that because he was just finishing the season, so to speak, in that game. But, uh, yeah, number six is quite high. I I think Notre Dame is a 10 to 15 type of a team this year uh, in the rankings. So six, six would mean they're going into that USC game with an outside shot at the playoffs, which is which would just be a, 
an unbelievable first season for uh, Freeman. If you're just joining us, this is Blue and Gold Twitter Space talking all things Notre Dame football. Had some recruiting news to discuss at the top, so if you missed that, you can go uh, listen back. Um, yeah, this is our third week doing this, and uh, it's been fun. You know, we'll have various guests on. We've been doing them at night, but um, I'm trying to have a little bit of a, a personal life. So to, to knock this out during the workday is, uh, I think, what we're kind of going to be doing here moving forward. Um, yeah, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Um, Mike T. Singers, me, uh, follow at BGI News for our staff accounts. Um, got a great group um, uh, of staff writers over at blueandgold.com. So make sure you head to the site, uh, blueandgold.com, dollar for one year. Uh, for of premium access, Notre Dame fans, definitely um, the deal of the year. Get it while it lasts. So we'll have a couple more discussion topics. And if we have any time at the end, we can take questions from you guys. You can request to speak later on. Or you can just shoot me a DM now, and I'll read um, questions. So, um Next discussion topic, Tim, um, there was a report about Drew Brees, um, you know, leaving the NBC broadcast booth and then uh, Brees kind of (laughs) tweeted out and said, no, that's not true. I could be playing next year. It could be um, doing anything. But, you know, let's just assume uh, or, or go under the belief that he is not going to be in the broadcast booth next year. Who is your number one guy um, or gal to uh, replace him in the booth? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that's an interesting one. Um, I saw I see Ashton's listening, and I know she tweeted out Mike Golick Jr. and I, you know, I screamed no. <laughs> so I, as long as it's like Mike Golick Jr., I'll be happy. So, um, God, who is it? I love Ryan Harris. I love listening to Ryan Harris on the radio. So I think he would be an awesome, uh, you know, color guy up there doing stuff. Uh, breaking down things so you know the Notre Dame radio guys are unbelievable I don't know what NBC is planning to do because I think what Mike Tirico is going to be doing the Sunday night stuff so is is Tirico gone as well I haven't heard that officially no idea yeah I don't I mean there's nothing beneficial um, on any of this stuff yet no that's that's what I thought um you know I love I love the Fox games with Gus Johnson but you know he's not leaving Fox to do you know six or seven Notre Dame broadcasts but uh yeah yeah I like Drew Brees. I mean, they've had some good guys over the years. So Drew Brees is really solid. That's too bad he's not going to come back. But uh, I know, I know, Notre Dame fans are probably thinking, you know, out there in the in the media space, Golic Jr. 
does his dad come, you know, do they give him a job? Mike Golick, he's awesome on the radio. So I like Mike, but uh, as long as it's not junior and I hate to be mean or, you know, or is Jack Collinsworth? I saw an article online talking about him possibly going in there, but I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think a big name would help. I think Jack Collinsworth helps, uh, you know, because obviously his dad is one of the, the best uh, analysts in, in these broadcasts. And I think Jack is um, kind of, they kind of speak similarly. So I think that would help. Um, I really like the Mike Golick one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not on board with Mike Golick Jr. Personally, uh, I think they could get a bigger, um, a, a kind of a bigger name for all Notre Dame fans, and not just you know maybe. Um, I don't know. I I feel like the the folks who follow Mike Golick Jr.'s work right now are maybe in my age bracket. Maybe I could be completely wrong there, but I think Mike Golick, you know, spent so long at ESPN. Like I think he's just kind of a bigger brand. But what about Brady Quinn? I mean, he's been around a, a, a Notre Dame a lot recently. Um, I mean, it would I, that, I, it would be tough for me to see that happening. But if NBC could get Brady Quinn in, you know, not only to call Notre Dame games, but to just be a um, you know, just a media personality for the network, then maybe. But it, that's uh, that's got to be a long shot at best. But would be ideal. I, you know what? I I like Brady. I kind of like Brady Quinn at Fox, or I wish he was on ESPN, uh, fighting for Notre Dame, so to speak, because he is such a Notre Dame homer, which is good. I kind of like him out there on the other network, speaking up when Notre Dame's in the playoff hunt, talking about them, their schedule, and things like that, because, you know, the Fox team is, you know, loaded up with anti-Notre Dame people, (laughs) you know, with the SC guys pushing Leinart there, and obviously – you know, Coach Stoops loves Notre Dame, so he doesn't say nothing bad. But I like I love Brady Quinn. I love Mike Golick. I love Senior. You know, he's got a a ton of ton of knowledge and whatnot. Um, I yeah, I think you're right. I think they need to get someone in there who's strong and a big name that people will recognize instantly. Yeah, um, you make a good point. I remember when Jason Witten had his cup of coffee as the ESPN Monday night football guy, you had a cowboy in that booth. You had Tony Romo doing the CBS big games. You had Troy Aikman doing the big Fox games. It was like, man, you know, you got these cowboys everywhere. Yeah. You would like Notre Dame guys. Um, and all of these, um, you know, you, you, you know, have them everywhere. So, um, yeah, that would be ideal. All right, moving along. So we had a discussion, on our loose emoji message board again, guys, $1 for one year premium access head over to the site. Uh, one of our posters asked how confident are you in the Notre Dame quarterbacks for this season? Obviously we're in the dog days of the off season here in terms of Notre Dame football, even though recruiting is um, very much in season and there's been tons of headlines in the world of Notre Dame football, but you know, still Tim, we're in the off season. We talk a lot of quarterbacks because it is the most interesting discussion point. But I feel like this question is phrased interestingly. It's not, well, how good are the quarterbacks or, you know, what, what, what's their skill set or who's going to start? It's how confident are you, Tim Hyde, in these quarterbacks? I mean, be real with us. What, what, what do you think about these guys? Well, I'm co- I mean, number one, I'm confident in, in Tyler Buckner. I, I think he's – a heck of an athlete, and he's ready to take the football and, and be the guy. I 
I truly believe that. I think he's shown flashes of that last year. If anything, last year, it's like, why didn't they give him a couple more shots, you know? But that's Brian Kelly being so conservative and whatnot. There's, I mean, there's some games he should have just, boom, an extra series, an extra series. And even going back to the Fiesta Bowl, how did he not get in for a half a dozen snaps at least or 10 snaps just to let him play in the Fiesta Bowl, you know? But uh, I'm confident in Buckner. I like him. And I think number one is – Tommy Reese recruited him. So, you know, we're going into this season. I know it's Freeman's first year, but Tommy Reese has been there since 2017. These are his quarterbacks. So, you know, if Notre Dame, you know, fans and, and whatnot out there in blue and gold world, it's like these are his handpicked quarterbacks. These are the guys he went and recruited. He got them all what to commit early. None of these guys were signing day guys. These guys were very early. So Tommy Reese has faith in them. Everyone thinks Tommy Reese is some – NFL future OC out there. Well, you got your quarterbacks. These are the ones you, re- you recruited. Go take them and go coach them up. So I have faith and confidence in in the offense moving forward. And Todd Burledge was uh, hoping to join us here to uh, discuss some of these topics, but he's having some te- technical difficulties. So we'll have him on another time. But uh, so, so I go back to the confidence thing. How confident am I? What I mean. I don't have any more confidence in Drew Pine after the spring game than I had before. Like I'm my, I'm not freaking out about Drew Pine, you know, after his spring game, but I'm not, um, like I said, I'm not higher on him than before. My confidence in him has fallen a little bit. You know, you're hoping to see a bigger progression. I, again, it was just a spring game, but hoping to see something, you know, that was like different from what we saw last year. And again, he looked good as a sophomore, but just a, more of a jump. We didn't get to see Tyler Buckner in the spring game, uh, held out for precautionary reasons after tripping down, um, you know, a couple stairs and, you know, thought he looked good. And, you know, some of the clips we got to see him in the spring ball, obviously I didn't get to be there in person, but, you know, headed up tons of clips that, uh, Ashton Pollard and Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Shot, and I just Tim, I'm I'm nervous. Uh, if I'm ner- Notre Dame fan, I'm nervous. I mean, Ohio State is week one. We talked earlier about Notre Dame having this number six preseason ranking. It really doesn't matter. You could put Notre Dame at twenty five. You could put them outside the top twenty five. You could put it at number one because it really doesn't matter what they're ranked before the start of the season because the Ohio State game will tell us a lot. Um, about this football team, unless it's, you know, like a Notre Dame-Texas game where both of those two teams are hyped up before the start of the season and, you know, they're not great that year. Like, I, I don't see that, though. Like, after Notre Dame plays Ohio State, I mean, Ohio State is – they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a very good football team. We're going to know a ton about Notre Dame, you know. I, it's just with these quarterbacks – a lot's going to fall on their shoulders and you don't have a super strong receiving core. You lose Kyron Williams. I don't know, Tim, I didn't see a ton from Tyler Buckner last year. That makes me feel super confident. He's a fantastic athlete, but I mean, throwing the football down the field against Ohio state in the shoe, his first start. I don't know, Tim, that that's what would, that that's what's making me nervous. Oh, totally understandable, and and you're right, and you're right on all those points. But at the same time, 
he did play last year. He did get some reps last year. He got some big reps last year. There were moments. You know, I, I always go back to the UNC audible he does at the goal line. That shows right there that they're coaching him at things. He, he knows what to do in situations. And I think, I think him playing last year was that. It was just small little situations they put him in to get him the experience moving forward. So, you know, he, did he know the whole playbook, as they like to say, and things of that nature? Probably not. But he was put in situations. And obviously his, the energy he brought you know, to come back and Toledo played his butt off. The fact that we have to say that is actually crazy to beat Toledo. But, then, you know, the Vatek, the way he played there. I know people talk about his throne, but there are some throws he makes that are just on the money in some of these games. So, plus, you you have to have to account for his running ability. And I know people will say, well, what if he gets injured? Hey, there's running quarterbacks all over this country that play a lot of football and do not get hurt. So I don't think they're going into the season worrying about that. They're going to they're gonna ride him and let him play. If he does get hurt, my grade for quarterbacks is a B minus. B minus because I'm higher on Buckner than the other ones. Reese did recruit these guys. These are the ones he wanted. But uh, a B minus because if Buckner gets hurt, is Pine, can Pine be the guy for a 60-minute game if he's got to be the guy – in Vegas against BYU, you say. But uh, uh, and lastly, you mentioned it doesn't matter what Notre Dame ranks. I'm going to be the opposite. I think it does matter because I think them coming in as a top ten team says a lot about where the program is, the expectations, these players. You know, they've been around. They won five, you know five straight years, double digit wins, all that good stuff. They've been in playoffs. They've been competing for playoffs. I don't think Notre Dame is going to be intimidated going into Columbus. If Notre Dame was coming off a seven and five season where they're not ranked different circumstances. I think this Notre Dame team is, is going to go in there and it's going to be a battle. So when I, when I said about the ranking, I'm talking about in terms of rankings for the rest of the season. If you lose to Ohio state, you're going to drop. If you win, you're, you're going to be a top five team. And so it doesn't really matter where you're ranked beforehand. You beat Ohio State, then everyone's going to see you as one of the best teams in the country. You lose to Ohio State, and, and you know, you're just going to hear the same stuff from the national media and you know other fans that they say every single time Notre Dame loses, whether that's right or wrong. No, no, totally agree. And I, you know, and I knew what you meant by that uh, with the ranking and all that. But I – I just think this program is in good shape. Me personally, I I don't think people should be putting out excuses and people are already talking, oh, is nine and three acceptable? Is eight and four in his first year okay? It's like I don't know. I I don't think that talk should be there because they have so they do have a lot of experienced football players. They have a lot of guys that are battle tested on, on this team. And I just don't think they're I don't think the way the program is now especially with, you know, now that Freeman is, is there and he's going into his second year and Tommy Reese, like I, you know, like we said is, but going into his sixth year there. So they got, they got some guys that have been around. So that game, I mean, we could talk about that game a, a million times between now and then, but Ohio state is loaded. They're deserving of the two touchdown favorites because of how Notre Dame has played against top 10 teams to be, you know, as, as we got to talk real here, they do deserve that, and their quarterback is a freak. And that whole game is going to come down to the Notre Dame 
you know, back seven, how in the heck are they going to cover all those wide receivers? So, you know, that is going to be a fun, fun uh, Saturday night. Just closing thoughts on this uh, quarterback conference thing. Tim, I, 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 I don't know if, if I'm portraying exactly what I'm thinking, but I, I, we talk all the time about trucks and trailers, right? It's your quarterback, a truck, you know, who's pulling along the rest of the team and making them better. Or is he a trailer and he needs the rest of the team to carry him? I just don't have the evidence yet to know which one Tyler Buckner is. And when you open up against Ohio State on the road, that's why I'm nervous. Like, I think Tyler Buckner's got all the talent in the world, but I just, uh, I'm, I'm nervous because Notre Dame hasn't had a truck at quarterback in, in quite some time. So any other, any other thoughts or rebuttal on that, Tim, before we move on? I agree. I agree. I totally agree with you. We don't, we don't know, but at the same time, Buckner was, was very, very, you know, sought after nationally ranked, doesn't play his senior year, you know, things of that nature. I, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's going to have a heck of a season. I really do. I think he's motivated. You've heard him speak to where he felt he was like locked down too much last year. Uh, with playing time and stuff like that. So, you know, he's itching to, uh, to get out there and be the guy. And I think, you know, the, the ultimate equalizer, the hardest thing to do as a defensive coordinator is defend a running quarterback. You're going to see more eight man boxes because you're going to, which is going to open up everything on the outside. And that's going to go down to exactly what you just said about, Buckner has to deliver. He has to throw on the money because Notre Dame is going to see a ton of, ton of man coverage. I, I truly believe this year because teams got to defend Buckner. No one's going to sit back and play too high and let Buckner go crazy because he will just run all over the place if that happens. All right, Tim, we're going to go rapid fire here and then uh, we'll, we'll open it up to, uh, to live Q and a here. Um, so shoot me a DM. Uh, guys, or uh, just go ahead and request to speak, and then uh, I can bring you in here in a little bit. Uh, Tim, we're going to go thoughts on some early Vegas lines. I don't think you're a gambler, Tim, but we're going um, we're, we're gonna to see what you think about these lines. We'll start with the Ohio State 13-point favorite um, last time I checked that. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually thought these, Tim, so I hope you have, but which way are you going on Ohio State? Uh, you know, would you would you bet Notre Dame um, as, as the dog there, or do you think Ohio State could, you know, would win the one by fourteen? And you, you can pass on this one if you don't want to, because I did not prepare you for asking about the Ohio State game. Oh man, yeah, two touchdowns, right? Uh, yeah, two. What's the LSU Miami line? Let's talk that one. But uh, what, uh, uh, man, two two touchdowns is is. But it's warranted. It's, this is my thought to all the Notre Dame people out there is it is warranted. They haven't performed in these games. And this is one of those final four BCS back in the old days, you know, Orange Bowl. This is one of those types of games. and They have not performed in so long. So it is warranted. Is it going to happen? I mean, you got it. I mean, do you put the money on Notre Dame just to, to cover? You know, can they run the ball effectively to, you know, to keep it close? Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, this, this entire football game is going to come down to Notre Dame secondary. It is. Ohio State has freaks. 
on the offensive skill position. They have an unbelievable, speaking of, you know, Richard Young, they have a guy like him already at Ohio State and Henderson at tailback. So, man, I, I would take Notre Dame. You know, my, my prediction right now would be 31-21. So, 10 points. How's that? So you're going with the Buckeyes. I would, I would say right now so the to Buckeyes, win the game, but Irish cover. Yeah, Irish cover exactly. Uh, you know, so I get on my uh, my app here and uh, Irish to cover. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think Notre Dame covers, but I, I don't have much confidence in that one either. I guess this is uh, just hey, the day of Mike Singer, no confidence. Hey, if we were doing that, what is that? ESPN, you know, when they do the bull confidence meter. Yeah, yeah, this is down extremely low in the confidence meter, you know, when they pick those bulls. So I'm not saying it's up there a lock by no means. I, yeah, it's very low. I'm with you. It's very low confidence meter right now. All right. The, so these next three lines were by FanDuel. Saw this article at blueandgold.com in our uh, daily newsstand. Patrick Angle wrote, Stanford at Notre Dame, October 15th. The Fighting Irish are 18-point favorites. What do you think about that one, Tim? Tim? Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, 18 is like crazy. Uh, it's going to be a night game. I believe this is going to be one of the big night games for Notre Dame. And then uh, also, you know, you know, I know Stanford's been down a little bit lately, but I've seen a bunch of, uh, pre, you know, preseason, you know, top 10 first round draft picks with, you know, Stanford's quarterback, you know, Tanner McGee, top 10, top 15. So he's a good football player from Jaden Mickey's high school. Yeah, I I mean, that's going to be a barn burner. I, I love David Shaw. I've heard him speak many times. He's a heck of a football coach. I I take Notre Dame to win by two touchdowns. So how's that? I take Stanford in the points. Give me Notre Dame by win by like 30. I don't know. I, I, I just don't – I think Notre Dame's – I mean, last season they crushed Stanford. They covered the spread. Um, I, I think they'll do it again. And obviously, I mean, this is – this whole discussion we're having right now is the epitome of off-season fodder. I mean, we're, we're discussing Vegas lines for games that happen in five months. So, I mean, just, you know, cut us some slack. We're, we're uh, real, just, just a discussion. Yeah, real quick off that, Mike, my reasoning for Stanford and the points is Notre Dame secondary versus a potential first-round draft choice at quarterback. I'm telling you, the Notre Dame secondary is going to be the big, big storyline this year. So that's why a hey, Notre Dame may win by 17. So Stanford and just a hair under the points. How's that? Understood. And then uh, Clemson at Notre Dame, November 5th. Man, wasn't it November 5th when Notre Dame won in 2020? That could be, right? It was that first weekend. So you got a little, uh, a little karma coming back for Notre Dame again, right? We'll have the crack staff look this up real quick because I'm pretty sure that was uh, a day. Yeah, November. No, no, no. Uh, November 7th. Okay, a couple days off. I want to say, yeah, I believe it was November 7th. But yeah, that was a great game. Tigers, three-point favorites on the road at Notre Dame currently. That one is that one's so tough to predict right now because, I, I mean, for me it's all about I mean, it's all about quarterbacks for everything I discussed, but is DJ uh, Uyunglele, is he the guy that we saw against Notre Dame in 2020, um, you know, as a freshman who, who came in for Trevor Lawrence, or is he 
this quarterback who just did not seem right, um, you know, throwing the ball down the field. Because if he is, you know, uh, taps into that five-star potential, then Clemson will be back um, as a you know national championship contender in no time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My take on Clemson is look at their schedule. Uh, they should be 8-0 coming into South Bend. It is... If they're not 8-0, then, then Dabo is losing it at Clemson because their schedule is tailor-made for him to come in at 8-0, top five matchup that night. So if, as long as Notre Dame takes care of their business and their games. But uh, Clemson's defense is, is going to be loaded. If they're, I mean, they, they may be Georgia on defense this year. They got four or five potential first-round draft picks on that defense. So Clemson by three, I'll take Notre Dame 21 21- 21 to 17. So how about Notre Dame pulls the big win? And this is another one of those games going back to Phil Steele where the betters are saying Clemson's going to win, but Phil Steele's like, no, Notre Dame's going to finish six. They're going 11 and one. So Notre Dame's got to pull this one out here. I hear you, Tim. Um, I did pull up the schedule for Clemson um, at Georgia Tech versus Furman versus La Tech. At Wake Forest, that's probably the toughest one here in the opening games. Uh, versus NC State, which the media is kind of parading them as a dark horse national championship team, which you know means that they're probably going to lose like six games because that just seems how it goes. Um, at Boston College, at Florida State, versus Syracuse by week, and then at Notre Dame. So um, found that one interesting. Yeah, there are, I mean, there are some good games, obviously, you know, BC with Notre Dame, you know, ex-quarterback Jakovic at BC and they, and they've always played uh, Clemson tough. You know, you have, uh, obviously you said NC state, I think you're right. The kiss of death. I call it the Arizona state because Arizona state for the last 20 years always seems to get top 10 hype every couple of years. And then they go six and six. So I think NC state might be like the 2017 team that came into South Bend tons of hype and then faltered down the road. But uh, hey, real quick, I know you mentioned DJ at quarterback. Clemson's got a tough, tough problem there because if he doesn't, uh, you know, if he can't handle it, they have another five-star behind him. So I guess their QB issues is a little bit stronger than uh, Notre Dame's. Sure, yeah, Cade Klubnik, um, five-star. I've seen him twice in person. He's the real deal. And then real quick, Tim, we've got to get through this. Um, I'm with you too. I, I would like Notre Dame there. Um, Notre Dame at USC, November 26th, uh, FanDuel currently has the, um, the Trojans as 2.5 point favorites. So uh, I'm interested on your thoughts on this one for sure. Yeah, I saw that and I was like 2.5. So, so that means Caleb Williams survives the year because USC's offensive line is very, very suspect. You know, it's going to be pretty average. Hey, that, <laughs> Notre Dame has a heart. You know, they have a long history of, of struggling in Los Angeles uh, and big games, but they've been able to pull them out here recently. 
especially when they've mattered in, you know, 2010, 12, obviously 18. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, 2018 when they went to the Final Four. But uh, I'll take Notre Dame. I'll take Notre Dame. My, my, my early prediction in that one would be, uh, I'd say 27, 20, how about 27, 26? One point win. They go 11 and one, as Phil Steele says, and, uh, and they go play in whatever bowl is up for them. How's that? Yeah, I've, I've got nothing on this one. I, I really have no idea. I, I don't I know. I, I, no. I have no idea what to expect from USC this season. I think they could be fantastic and, and be, you know, Oklahoma West this season right away or, you know, just be typical USC that we've come to expect these past few years other than that, you know, Rose Bowl winning season over Penn State. No, you're right. And the thing at SC, I think – they may be up to like 20 transfers already. And that's going to be, I mean, he's basically just trying to get through this season. I think Lincoln Riley. So he's transferring, going crazyville, just loading up to have bodies. Obviously they have a great quarterback, a couple of good wide receivers, but uh, yeah, SC is going to, I mean, their schedule is not brutal either. So if there's a couple that they get through the biggies going to be at Utah, if they get through that and they take care of business versus you know, the lesser ones in their, in their, on their side of the Pac-12, I mean, they could be 9-2, and 10-1 and one going into this game, which, which would be amazing. All right, we've got Ashton Pollard, who has joined us, our, our, one of our uh, staff writers over at Blue and Gold. Um, Ashton, we have talked a little bit here about, um, you know, if Breeze is out, who could replace him in the broadcast booth, and you were texting us, and um, you said you did not typically, you did not necessarily agree with me. Do you want to share your thoughts there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. Hello everyone. Um, yeah. So I don't really understand the Mike Golick Jr. Slander, frankly, I tweeted, like Tim said, I tweeted that and got so many, like all caps, absolutely not. No, I don't get it. I think he's hilarious. I think he's pretty good at his job like is he maybe the Joe Buck like is he Joe Buck or Troy Aikman or whatever like not yet but he's like 29 or something like I I just maybe it's maybe it's like I have a similar sense of humor to him so I relate to everything that he tweets but I think he's hilarious and I think if he did uh color for those games he would be really really good and he also he gets Notre Dame like kind of like y'all said I think I think y'all said or maybe I read it this morning I'm kind of losing my mind but NBC people get mad because NBC allegedly like has this anti-Notre Dame bias they don't want anybody that went to Notre Dame on the broadcast so they put Flutie on there whatever but like if you could get Mike Golick Jr. over a rival alum like would you prefer that because he does know the program the last couple guys they had on there uh Doug Flutie Boston College and Drew Brees Purdue so it's like do you not want to be seen as two Notre Dame Homer? So then you got to go anti Notre Dame school. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, well, like, that's I, kind of been the the Brady Quinn thing that apparently NBC doesn't want him because they don't want to do. And I'm sure there's a bunch of behind the scenes stuff that I'm unaware of, but NBC doesn't want him because they don't want to seem two Notre Dame Homer. So it's like, would you rather have? Yeah, would you rather have someone from a rival program than Michael Jr.? I mean, well, what? You go ahead, Tim. No, I was going to say, let's don't forget they had for many, many years a USC quarterback and Pat Hayden during yeah, the, the games with OJ Simpson on the sideline. 
way back in the days when they first started on NBC. So, yeah, they've never had a Notre Dame influence, which I 100% agree with Ashton. There's sometimes it's like, guys, you're, you're on Notre Dame. You're paying Notre Dame to cover their games. It's okay to be a Notre Dame, you know, fan site for, for three and a half hours for how long these games are sometimes. And that is annoying when they, when they go literally the other across, you know, a big circle away from that. So I do agree. I don't mind Mike Golick Jr. I, you know, <laughs> I knew you would chime in. I thought that, I think that's awesome. Uh, he, he is good. Um, like his breakdowns and his, um, his videos, he always did a college football show on YouTube, which I watched uh, sometimes, especially after a big Notre Dame game, because he would break it down. And, and he did talk about Notre Dame and everything a Notre Dame player has to do is, you know, being on ESPN, which is, you know, which is anti-ND as people think at times. But uh, Mike Golick Jr. would be fascinating, especially if, if, if something like that did happen. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that, you know, how, how it all plays out. Yep. Good stuff here. Got Tim Hyde, Ashton Pollard, myself, Mike Singer, blue and gold, not doing a little Twitter space. Um, I asked maybe 10 minutes ago, if anyone wants to, you know, ask a question or join us in this discussion from the Notre Dame fans listening live or to shoot me a, a, a message on Twitter and I'll get to that. But we've so far had a, a, a whopping zero requests so uh we will just continue bantering for a few more minutes yeah uh, when i'm when i say i'm not so much on the my goal junior i just i don't know like he's funny and he is interesting and he's he's great on social media but like is he is he notre dame analyst on nbc yet i, I personally like i agree with what ashton's saying but and i'd be fine with it. i think it'd be fun but i don't know if i want fun in my analyst you know like i want insightful and you know uh, i want to learn but that's just me maybe maybe fun is where where it needs to go and not saying that goal like wouldn't be insightful um but i don't know i i think that i I would personally like his dad a little bit better uh yeah just you know to bounce off you know ashton's points here just just i I love how we're doing a goalie junior hour but uh it's but it's going back to the overall nbc thing as in NBC has been doing this, what, since 1991, and are they a Notre Dame channel? Are they going to keep doing this for 50 more years? If so, then promote Notre Dame even more so. You're paying for it, and I think that's the thing I don't understand. And They're doing it with Peacock. Is you know The Notre Dame, everyone's talking about this Notre Dame TV package down the road. Is that going to be with you know NBC moving forward as they do stuff online? So why not? just get a Notre Dame person in there that knows Notre Dame could talk Notre Dame and could talk Notre Dame football, especially during some of these big games. All right. Before we get out of here, Ashton, Ohio state 13 point favorites against Notre Dame. And then you got Notre Dame minus 18 Clemson minus three USC minus two and a half. What what were your thoughts on some of those games? So, um, I'm actually in the process of writing a score predictions article. So this is, this is good. And this is a preview of that article. Um, Tim touched on it first with Ohio state. And my, my prediction is relatively similar for the same reason that the questions with Notre Dame secretary scare me to death, given Jackson Smith and Jigba and everybody else is 
going to be catching passes from a Heisman contender in CJ Stroud. Um, my prediction that I had, I do think they cover, but I have Ohio State 38, Notre Dame 27. I think that Notre Dame can score. I know Jim Knowles is there. New from Oklahoma State as the defensive coordinator, and obviously Oklahoma State's defense last year was quite good, although I guess you could argue Jack Cohn kind of tore it to shreds, but that's a whole other topic. Um, I'm not sure you can kind of turn that defense around entirely in uh, six to eight months or however long he's been or will have been there as of September 3rd. So I think Notre Dame will be able to score, uh, especially with that offensive line. I think they'll be able to run the ball. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ohio State wins, but I think Notre Dame covers. Um, you want me to keep going or doesn't? do you have any comments on that? I'm, I'm good. All I'm right, good. cool. So uh, you said it's 18 and a half for Stanford? I, 18. That's the one I hadn't seen, 18. That's interesting because I, I have my prediction that's written down in front of me is Notre Dame 30, Stanford 13, which means that Stanford covered. Um, I have a note on Tanner McKee, like Tim said. He's a former top 100 recruit. He's been pretty overwhelming, but he's also dealt with injuries. Um, that being said, I, I just – what I've seen from Stanford in recent years, like even if Tanner McKee is really good, I don't know that they have the weapons. They have a really good tight end. I forget his name, but um, otherwise like the Notre Dame front seven, I think is going to be so good that they're going to be able to get to him. I know that Stanford is pretty decent with producing offensive linemen, but in recent history, they have not really, not really been up to that. Um, So yeah, Notre Dame 13, I mean, Notre Dame 30, Stanford 13, which means Stanford would have covered. Ironically, I have, uh, and I swear this is written down, I'm not taking this from Tim, my Notre Dame-Clemson prediction is Notre Dame 21-Clemson 17, which is exactly what he said. Um, I think that's going to be a really low-scoring game. I actually debated when I was writing this, um, like going like 17-14 or something even lower, but uh, I think it's going to be, yeah, really, really low scoring because both of these teams have defenses that are far more proven than their offenses. And then lastly, um, Notre Dame USC, I have Notre Dame 38 USC 31. I think that's going shootout Lincoln Riley, big 12 style. Um, I do think that that USC offense is going to be good, but the USC front seven is supposed to be not very good. Um, The only, kind of surefire um, difference maker, I think. And I talked to Eric McKinney, our USC writer the other day, and uh, I'm going to butcher the name, but Tuli Tua Pelotu, however you say it. Um, He's coming back again. He's very good. But outside of that, basically Eric's whole thing was their front seven. There's so many question marks. So I think I think USC will be able to score because Caleb Williams is really talented. Uh, Mario Williams, I think, is going to be very good. And I think, um, yeah, they'll be able to score, but so will Notre Dame. So 37, I mean, 38, 31, Notre Dame. Yeah, real quick, yeah, the DN you're talking about is uh, that's Solomon out of modern day. Solo, who Notre Dame recruited the heck out of a couple years ago. Is it it not Tooley? Do they do then? Eric kept saying Tooley. That's why, but. Yeah, they have uh, the big one is the one out of modern day who's been kind of dinged up, but uh, he's uh, he's the one that had the big had this big spring. The one thing on SC, and this is Thanksgiving, so we're a long way away from that. Is yeah. they have loaded up on transfers, especially on the defense. They have gotten a ton of defensive guys. One of them is a big time linebacker. They got away from Alabama, who's going away. 
for when to play when you're at SC. So secondary, they got a, a Buckeye. They got a great one out of Washington recently. They are they have just loaded up on D, but that is a long, long way away. One thing that's interesting, Tim, when you talk about USC Lonegapalli's transfers is I think so much talk in the media and the fans is about NIL with all these new rules here lately and developments in college football. This one-time transfer rule might be bigger than NIL, at least in my opinion, because, especially from Notre Dame's sense. Because Notre Dame can't – I mean, how, how many transfers has USC gotten, Tim? Do, do you know off the top of your head or a ballpark? I know it's – I want to say it's 15. It may even be more. It's, so, it's right more. Now. It's pushing like two dozen, I believe, at this point was what Eric so, – don't quote me on that, but it's, it's a boatload. So if, if Notre Dame – I mean, what, scholarship guys have done three this offseason, a kicker, a defensive tackle, and, and, and Brandon Joseph, safety, that's like – Oh, man, Notre Dame, look at them taking three. If they took five, we'd be like, holy crap, look at Notre Dame killing the transfer portal. And here's USC taking 24. Now, is that a product of USC and a little bit of a rebuild? You know, maybe. But, man, that's, that is a big deal. I mean, getting Caleb Williams and Mario Williams, no relation. Mario Williams is one of the first recruits I ever saw when I got on the Notre Dame beat. Um, when I was living in Florida, still covering Notre Dame before I moved. He, I mean, I, I went and saw him. He's a freak show. I mean, so it's not like all of these are just rebuilding pieces. They're getting some, like, legit bona fide studs as well in the transfer portal. So, um, Tim, I want to get your thoughts on what I just said before. I want to uh, have something else for Ashton. Two things. Number one, transfers don't mean superstars. Yeah, it, obviously Caleb Williams obviously is, but I'm just saying a lot of these guys, SC, um, our good friend down there in Bayou land, Mr. Brian Kelly, is loading up as well. He's going to have 25 probably when it's all said and done. It's, it's just numbers. They need bodies. They need depth. And a lot of these guys were backups. Like, like USC just got a really good football player away from Ohio State, but, but he was a backup safety, kind of like Isaiah Pryor. Uh, when Notre Dame got him. So they're not all, they're probably going to play for SC because it's a numbers thing. And I think that goes back to recruiting the whole reason why Helton got fired. A lot of these coaches, you know, a reason why they've left. And it also goes back to, Oh, you know, uh, the Ohio state game real quick is it's, it's the gotten is the guys, Notre Dame recruits, they stick around, you know, they're willing to put in the work, go to class, do the things that are necessary. And it goes back to, but Dr. Jack Schwarbach said when he hired Freeman, their culture, Notre Dame's a little bit of a, a different culture in their football program than SC and some of these other ones that are taking so many transfers. Notre Dame doesn't need them. They, they just don't. A couple specific positions here and there, but that's it. You know, it's, um, so I don't, I, I don't get too carried away with it because transfers, you know, there's a reason why they're transferring now. Let's, let's also talk about that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Tim. It's, it's like with free agency in football or like in the NFL and NBA, like guys who hit the free agency. I mean, there's usually a reason why, you know, their former team maybe didn't see something in them that they wanted to re-sign them. But also you have guys like LeBron James and Kevin Durant uh, who do hit the free agent market. So um, that's kind of how I see it. Like, yes, the, the high majority – is they're transferring for a reason they weren't playing. But then my point here is that that one-time transfer portal can allow for a kid to 
be a five-star true freshman and doesn't get the playing time he wants, and he's going to go ahead and use his one-time true trans- free transfer. Um, and, and then does Notre Dame, are they able to get a kid who is uh, transferring with one year of credit from you know, some school that does not have the same academic standards as Notre Dame? Like Brandon Joseph was an undergrad who came over, but he came from Northwestern, which is uh, – Obviously a very good school and, and, and something that Ashton can speak to because uh, she uh, she went there as a grad student. Well, okay. Oh, as I, I was going to make a comment, but it was going to be on something else, but thank you. Um, Notre Dame has only taken three undergraduate, I think three undergraduate tra- transfers in the last decade, and it's Amir Carlisle from USC, which I know will probably make people on this this uh, space mad, but USC is a good school usually. Um, Alohi Gilman from Navy, which obviously Navy is a very good school and there's very high standards both on and off the field. And then Joseph from Northwestern. So to your point, Mike, yeah, Notre Dame can't just pull in anyone. You're pulling kids from top. I don't know. I'm making this up the top 25 ish schools. Like, yeah. So my take real quick, Mike on that is, is with the one-time transfer, what stinks for a, a well-established program is is now you know you just can't go, you know, kick kick in, you know, USC's head this year because they only got 55 players. You know, they have – I mean, they could use these transfers to load up, and all of a sudden they're right back at 85, which some of these teams are. So some of these teams that have mismanaged recruiting, hired horrible coaches, or are in total disarray – they could instantly get right back in the in the fold with that one-time transfer. And I think that's sometimes it's not talked about enough to where USC, their numbers are down so low. Like if there was at the one-time transfer, SC would be going six and six this year. You know, Brian Kelly probably wouldn't have gone to LSU because why would he have gone to LSU if he can't go get 25, 30 transfers to go refill his team and go win a bunch of games this year? So I think that's a, that's a big thing where teams can just re-up instantly now. I really do appreciate folks listening uh, live with us and for those listening back on podcasts because uh, if you're still listening right now, because, I mean, our show is uh, today is – I mean, it was fine, but it's, it's, I think this, this discussion has got a lot more interesting when Ashton um, came on here. So do you have one more thing, Ashton? I believe you were listening from the beginning of the show when we were kind of talking about that quarterback confidence whole thing and I'm kind of iffy and Todd uh excuse me Tim is uh you know just typical typical Tim Hyde he's, he's feeling good about life um I I'm a little bit more nervy right now where, where do you fall on it yeah so I came in kind of right right when that um or I guess right after that started so forgive me if I'm for, if I'm forgetting anything I was finishing up that Richard Young article which I assume is the recruiting news you guys talked about at the top yes, yes. but um yeah so Confidence level, um, I think about this a lot. So I ha- I would say I'm fairly confident in Tyler Buckner's ability. And I think largely, if he can stay healthy, which I understand is a very big question mark, but also that's an, kind of an unpredictable thing. So let's operate under the assumption that he stays healthy. Um, I think the offensive, like I have so much confidence in the offensive line and in the running back room that I'm, I'm, pretty confident that Buckner can maybe not be like elite but can be certainly serviceable and probably above serviceable now does that lead to national championships probably not I do not think Notre Dame is winning a national championship in next year or next January but like do I think that Tyler Buckner can hang in there 
with your with your Clemson's with your USC's absolutely do I think that um uh, Clemson especially because Notre Dame has such a good offensive line because I am worried about that Clemson front seven but um with Ohio State again that's why I picked them to lose like I'm not sure Notre Dame can win that game with Tyler Buckner at quarterback but I think they can score um and I think that as we saw during the Brian Kelly era, Notre Dame isn't really losing games that they're supposed to win anymore. I think that that trend continues. Um, and I think they're even perhaps a, a, in a little bit better shape uh, just because Clemson is not down, down, but not the 28 or 2016 team, whichever team beat Alabama 44, 16, I think it's 2018. Um, they're not that Clemson team and USC is not Matt Liner led. Um, and yeah, they have transfers, but I mean, they're not going to be 2005 USC. So yeah. That was a long winded way of saying I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I don't really think they're going to win a title, but um, yeah, yeah I, I do. As far as pine goes, I mean, I'm hesitant to, Critique him on his spring game performance, considering he's been thrown into he was thrown into a Wisconsin game with one of the best defenses in the country and actually played pretty well. So it's like I kind of put more stock in that than a spring game performance where he was playing for both teams and it was 90 degrees outside. Um, but, yeah, eh, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle somewhere. All right. L- let me say this. Well, first. Ashton, it's great to have you back. Your voice sounds fantastic for those who are like, hey, Ashton, you, uh, you sound like a normal human being again. So hope, I'm knocking on wood to make sure it doesn't go away. You and me both, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, this is pretty much how it sounds normally. It's a, it's a little uh, breathy still, but maybe only I can notice that. So when Ashton was talking about that, I'm thinking to myself, like, when, when Tyler Buckner's playing career is over, it, will we look back on it? It's an impossible answer right now, but will we look back on it and be like, he was better than Ian Book? Because I think we were kind of spoiled with Ian Book if we didn't realize like how good like we had. Like obviously, you know, he had his happy feet. He had his imperfections, plenty of them. But I mean, Notre Dame won a lot of football games under him. So I'm just curious, like, like the ceiling of, of Tyler Buckner is bigger than Ian Book's, but. Um, you know, were we going to look back at him as a better quarterback? Like, I don't know. A lot of how I'm thinking about Notre Dame athletics right now, Tim, is, is the grass greener on the other side of all of this. Um, is Brian Kelly won a lot of football games for Notre Dame. He wasn't very liked, but he won a lot of games. Like, we don't know how Marcus Freeman's going to be as a head coach. Like, Ian Book. Like, yeah, I think Notre Dame fans were kind of like, all right, your time here is gone. Let's get some new blood in here. Look, looking forward to Tyler Buckner. Is Tyler Buckner going to be, you know, is is he going to be a step up from, you know, an Ian Book, Brian Kelly? I just don't know. Uh, and I'm excited about this uncertainty. Yeah, I think, I think his ceiling is certainly higher. I think it helps that he has a couple of inches, inches on Book and he's built more like – built – Closer to that elite quarterback, I am not calling him elite. He is not C.J. Stroud or whatever, um, or Trevor Lawrence. He's not 6'5", 210. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think his ceiling is is higher. I do think we were spoiled with Ian Book. If anyone follows me on Twitter, you're probably aware of the – the ongoing saga where my mom just loathes Ian Book and didn't think he could do anything, and I always told her that – 
that she was going to miss him and she stands firm that she still does not miss him, but I think that she really does. So yeah, I think we had it. We didn't really know how good we had it. Granted that was also due in part to um, a collection of very good running backs and elite offensive line. Like it's, it's never just the quarterback as with anything, but I think, yeah, I think Buckner's Buckner's ceiling's higher. And I, I, I get the point of Freeman like we we don't know how good of a head coach Freeman's going to be. Like the the vibes can be impeccable right now, and he could be an absolutely terrible head coach. But um, I think that like the, the level of talent that he's bringing in and the level of talent that he brought in with the twenty twenty two class, it's it's a lot harder to mess up with that level of talent, um, which I think is kind of where my confidence comes from too. Just on the on the whole, not necessarily only pertaining to the quarterbacks. All right, Tim, final thoughts, and we're going to get out of here. Yeah, how did we get on uh, Ian Book? But uh, uh, (laughs) I love uh, We could talk about him all day. Yeah, I thought he was average. Uh, What did he do in the big games? Barely anything. Maybe I remember 2019 at, uh, at Michigan too much. That looked like Ian Book to me. They had great defenses, great defensive coordinators, um, obviously with Elko in 17 when he played, and then obviously with Clark Tim, Lee. Tim, Great I got to cu- cut you off. Tim, I got to cut you off. Tim, Go I got to cut you. I got to cut you off. Uh, how are you? I mean, how are we just going to blame all Ian Book for that crap? You got to blame Chip Long and Brian Kelly for Michigan. Like, we can't just put it all on this poor guy's shoulders. Like, Sound like my mom. No, 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 no. I know. I understand that, but he is a quarterback, and I know. What did he do in the big games is my thing. He had one great game. Everybody and, crapped the bed in those big games at Notre Dame. Like it, you're re- Exactly. It, it, outside of the 2020 Clemson game, which he obviously had a big one. But, yeah, is Buckner going to be better than Ian Book? Who knows? They did not play giant schedules at, at Notre Dame recently. We could go over the schedules and look at the, you know, the top 20 teams that they played and and how they did in those. He had a heck of a 2018 game uh, when they went to Vautech, you know, the big night game there. That was an awesome game. So when I think of Ian Book, I always think of 2018 Vautech is one of my favorite games. You know, he felt the, you know, pressure at SC, but then rallied the second half. Um, You know, Ashton mentioned Drew Pine. I know people always talk about Drew Pine in Wisconsin, but they had a bunch of pick sixes, a kickoff return, he only had one touchdown drive over 50 yards, and the other one was real short. So Pine was not the reason why they beat Wisconsin at all. Um, but that's just me, not trying to be too negative and go from there. But, uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. go back and watch the Wisconsin game. Drew Pine did not beat Wisconsin. I know. No, he didn't, but he also gave the offense a bit of a spark when they when they needed it. And I, I think it's unfair to watch a spring game when it's 90 degrees. He's playing for both teams. And he's playing against Notre Dame's defense, which is one of the better defenses in the country. Um, and to just take that and, like, write him off entirely when he has done some good stuff. And, and Notre Dame actually didn't need – all of those defensive touchdowns and the kickoff return to win. Like they, they would have been fine with, I guess one, cause what was it? 41 13. If I remember correctly. Um, exactly, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving pine all the offense. world, but I'm just, I think that that, that gets forgotten a bit that we have actually seen drew pine play in games and be pretty. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, that was not okay. I'm just saying drew, 
Drew Pine and gave, we, gave the hey, offensive spark when they were losing because they couldn't get anything going. Yep, can, go ahead, Tim. Exactly, and and they struggled and they lost to a non-power five team as we've talked before, Mike. So that was a non-power Drew, five team with nine NFL draft picks. But exactly, exactly. I don't, I, no, you, exactly. you have they to got, put that, that asterisk in there before you call heck, like Bowling Green. With a heck of a with a heck of a head football coach, so I'm a huge Fickle fan. I I think he's a heck of a football coach. Tim, you're moving the goalposts a lot here, man. That's that's how Ash and I are feeling. You're you're moving the goalposts to fit your well, arguments. You guys, well, you guys are talking about like Ian Book and getting a statue and stuff like that, and I'm like, what what games did I watch? Love, love to know where on this call I said that Ian Book should have a statue. If you can find it, will you shoot that over to me? No, you didn't say that. It's just the interpretation of it. So it's just, uh, I'm just being the opposite, I guess, in this conversation when it comes to quarterback. All we said was Ian Book might be better at the end of this than Tyler Buckner. Like we, I mean, obviously that's like an, yeah, no crap, Mike. Oh. Like he, anything could happen. It's not that quite bold statement, but and just the Tyler Buckner's the savior thing. I'm I'm not ready to you know de- declare anything close to that yet. Well, I'm far from him being the savior. I think he's the best quarterback on the roster. But if if Tyler Buckner it does not have a better career than Ian Book, then Marcus Freeman's going to have a, a struggling early career. That's for sure. What? <laughs> if, <laughs> I mean, if, book hold, book hold on. Had, hold on. You're telling me if Tyler Buckner does not come and play good football, if he struggles, Notre Dame. Is no, no, Notre no, 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 no. That's not. No, 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 no. That's not here? what you just said. You just said if Tyler Buckner is not as good as Ian Book, because Ian Book was a very good college quarterback. He was not a truck. He was not elite, but a very good guy. If Buckner is not as quite as that, but he's like pretty good. He's like. You know, a very athletic quarterback, but, you know, just maybe not a big-time passer. Notre Dame wins, you know, nine games one season, maybe eight or ten another. I mean, I mean you think Freeman's going to be in the hot seat after two years? If they go eight and four after what they've done recently, this schedule's not the murderer's row that people say, you know, think it is out to be. But I'm just saying, you know, it. You know, you want to talk about truck or trailer, Ian, Ian Book rode great – Ashton said it perfectly – great offensive lines, and they had a defense. They went a period of, what, 30-some-odd straight games without allowing 27 points or more. That was – I remember uh, Brent McMurphy was following this for the longest time. Notre Dame's defenses were top-notch for a long period of the Ian Book era. All right, and they gave up – and there was 45 points scored against Michigan – or excuse me, Michigan scored on Notre Dame, but you only want to bring up Ian Book for that, right? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Oh, that game's a complete mess. But I'm just saying. I, no, but he, you're only blaming Ian Book for that Ian one. But, well, he was horrible. Look at look at the game. Look at the offense. Well, look, look at, at the all, defense. It was a oh gosh, that was that was a nightmare of a game. If we want to talk about a nightmare of a game in the Kelly era, I don't want be... to talk about that game. Can we talk about this? <laughs> No, exactly. That's what I was saying. Thank My you. favorite game was the 18 Von Tech. There was plenty of good games with Ian Book. I'm not saying he was some bad quarterback, but he he was not the reason why Notre Dame went out there and won 50-some-odd games or whatever it's been the last five years. I made that very clear, I think. But apparently, I think he's going <laughs> to I don't know. Uh, I, I, no. <laughs> Never this mind. has been fun. I, <laughs> 
I, I feel like Tim's viewpoint is more the what our people on the blue and gold message board would think. And uh, I don't, I guess Ashton and I are pro, even though we're kind of, you know, tag team and Tim here. Um, I think Ashton and I are pro, at least what, what I see on our blue and gold message. Board, I think Ashton and I would be in the minority is, is what I'm saying on this. But um, it, that is going to end this show. I, I really can't believe uh, you just never know when you get on a Twitter space, it starts hot with some recruiting news and, um, you know, good discussion, but then it, it's really gotten uh, pretty interesting here as, as we've wrapped up. Um, but yeah, this is this has been fun. We'll, we'll do this again next week. I'm not 100% sure when, but uh, I believe we'll be looking around two, uh, or Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern time if, if that uh, works for uh, my colleagues. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Make sure you go to blueandgold.com, $1 for one year premium access. Appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.